You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. There we go. Okay. All right. Uh, good air of Shabbos to everyone, or a good Shabbos. We're going to do try to do a lot of Gemara today. Uh, look, part of this is a new thing for me as well, and with new people here, I do have to go a little bit slower than we usually have. And even 40 minutes, <laughs> yep, Rabbi Taitz is an expert at going uh, to doing the daf in 40 minutes. 40 minutes is, 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 is not enough time usually. We're going to do as much as we can today, and it's going to be a, a little bit uh, new, a little bit complex and not so interesting, and then it's going to get very interesting. Okay, so here we go. That That's my prediction. We start with um, the Gemara here in front of you, which is Kafa Med Aleph. Uh, the Mishnah said that we allow, even though Hillel and all the Talmidim, of course, Shammai for sure, was worried about starting flames, starting fires before Shabbat that weren't completely ready. In the Beit HaMikdash, they would start the flame right before Shabbat, and, and then it would advance and eventually heat up the water. That would be okay. And one of the reasons is is because the Kohanim are Zrizimim, and that's really uh, what, we, what we learned out. But if you are trying to start a Madura, if you're trying to, to heat fire, if you're trying to, it's cold, and you want to try to have a lot of uh, fire going, and you want to have a, a big uh, bonfire going, uh, the Mishnah said you have to make sure that before Shabbat, most of it is already on flame. And the reason is, is because the person forgets. The person might, on Shabbat, try to make it get hotter. As long as it's substantially burning, substantially what it should be, then we don't think the person is going to be Machal Shabbat. It's only when he doesn't see it progressing the way it should that he forgets himself. And therefore, you need to make sure that the Madura that you've that you've put on for yourself on Erev Shabbat, most of it is on fire. So what does it mean? The Gemara says, my Ruban. What does that mean, Ruban? Most of it. Amarav, Rov, Kolechot, Ve'echot. Rav says, you need to look at every single piece of flame, every single piece of wood, and say most of every single one is on fire, which is going to be difficult, obviously. Shmuel Amar, Shmuel says, you know what that means, Rove? It's not, you don't go with a measuring stick. You look at the flame and say, you know what, we're not going to need any new flame here. We're not going to need on Shabbat to throw more stuff in. This is going to work. It's not where we want it yet, but it's definitely getting there. There's no reason. You can see it happening. That's according to Shmuel. Tona Rebchia Wissiyula Shmuel. There's a Bryce or Rebchia said, even though Rebchia was Rav's uncle, it actually backs up Shmuel. Normally in Halacha Rav and Shmuel, you know we paskin. and Halacha Rav and Shmuel, you know we paskin like Rav when it comes to Yisurim. But over here, because of this Brayta, we're going to go like Shmuel, I believe. Because what did the Brayta say? The Brayta says that when it comes to lighting the fire in the Beit HaMikdash, the menorah in the Beit HaMikdash, the, 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 the fire, all the Kohen needs to do is stand there and put enough flame there. He has to do enough of an igniting. That the Shalhevet goes up on its own. 
and you walk away. It should be the flame's going to work now on its own. I don't need to add any more spices or ingredients. So you see from there that that's considered a flame. <clears throat> a flame doesn't it doesn't have to be completely yet, but you can see where it's at that it's going to get there, it's going to progress there, and that's enough. So that bright which is talking about what the Kohen Godel does or whoever the Kohen is who's madlik the menorah, that's a proof to how much flame there needs to be on Arab Shabbat, how extensive the Madura needs to be. So that's a proof. It's not an exact case of Shmuel, but it shows the idea of Shmuel. You don't have to be ticky-tack about every single piece of uh, of wood, as long as you can see that the flame is getting there. What about Eitz Yechidi? What about if it's not a bonfire? The Mishnah talked about a bonfire. What about a big giant log? What's the din there? You lighting it before Shabbat, and it's not going to be ready completely until Shabbat, but how much has it to be ready before Shabbat? Rav Amar, Rov of Yav. Well, you use the idea of Rov. What's Rov of one big log? Rov of the thickness of the log. Some say in the name of Rav, Birov Hekefo. In other words, not the thickness, but if you look at the circumference of the log, which is a circle, most of the circumference was on fire, but not necessarily the fire was inserting itself on the inside. It wasn't necessarily on the inside. It was on the outside. You would look at, oh, that's Rove of the Hekif. So as we all know, Rav Papa always makes Shalom whenever there's two distinct, different opinions. And Rav Papa says, you know what we should do? Hilkach, bin and Rove of Yav, u bin and Rove of You should do both. It should be Rove of thickness on the inside. And also rove from both uh, sides of it as well. Now the Gemara says, Ketanoi. The truth is, is that this discussion, whether it's the two opinions in the name of Rav, the two misorots in the name of Rav, can actually be found in previous generations in the name of the Tanoim about what amount of fire you need. Again, the question is, what are we talking about? How much on fire does it have to be for you to be not too concerned about it on Shabbat anymore, and you're allowed to light it because it got fiery enough. So let's take a look. I have a quick question, Rabbi. I'm sorry. I used to light the fireplace in my house in the winter many times before Shabbat. I, nobody take care of it, the kids. So I used to light it, and not all the wood would burn, but I used to light it, and you get some fire, and then go to shul. That again, so according to. Them, Good question. According to what we're learning now, as long as the wood uh, that you're seeing in the fireplace, according as we said, seems to be on its way to making the big fire, then that would be enough. But if it looks Thank like you. it might need help, you should not light it. You should wait around until robe of it, as you can see, that it's a real good flame. Uh, the Gemara now says, Kitanoi. Rabbi Omar, when it comes to this flame, Kidei Shiyishacheta Etz, Mimelechata Uman. The pieces of wood, Rabbi said, have to be so burnt that even an Uman, a carpenter, would not use it. A carpenter would not use it because the flame has, um, inserted itself so much into the thickness of the wood 
that the Uman would throw it away. That's a, that's the amount of flame that the fireplace or whatever you're burning has to have. Rabbi Yehuda ben Beseira Amar, that the fire is actually there. It's not necessarily inserting itself and destroying it from the inside, but you can see clear flames on both sides. That's enough. So we see the two opinions of Rav are reflected in the earlier opinions of Rav ben Bezerah and Rav Chiyu, who happens to be Rav's uncle. The Afal Pishen Raya Ledovar, Zecher Ledovar. There's a proof to Yudim and Bezerah from a Pasuk. The Pasuk in Yirmiyahu is talking about uh, the, gives a marshal to the Jewish people that the Jewish people were like a vine, like the wood from a uh, a grapevine that was put on flame. That was the way we were right before the Chorban. And it says, From each side of it, from the out, from both parts of it, on each direction, the flame has already inserted itself and corrupted us. And the Inside is also singed. So Yirmiya says, Do you think you can use that? That's the way the Jewish people were. So you see from here that as long as you have the flames on both sides, even though you don't have the insertion on the inside, that's considered basically used up. And that would be enough if that's the amount that it gets, uh, that amount is on fire, that would be enough for that one piece of wood, and then you could walk away and go to show whatever it is you want to do. And that would be enough, if you know it's going to get that far. Um, the Pusik, speaking about, that was a Pusik, I'm sorry, in Yechesko. In Yermia, we have the following Pusik. Um, we know that, uh, that Yehoyakam who was the uh, the next Melech, the son of Yoshio HaMelech. Yoshio HaMelech was a tzaddik. He was the last great tzaddik. Now, his his uh, son, Sidkiyahu, was also a decent king, but not on the same level. He died, and he was he died a hero, and he lived his life as a hero at the end of his life. But many of the, uh, the steps that he took, the last king of, 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 of Malchus, based David, made mistakes. Uh, his nephew uh, before him uh, was the one who went to Golut. That was Yoyokon. His brother, who was the king right after his father, was not a good king. Yoyokon. And in fact, um, uh, uh, Yirmiyahu and Baruch, the two tzaddikim, were considered personal enemies of the state. And uh, Yirmiyahu sent a letter with his student Baruch to Yoyokam to do tshuva, Claudius Rowe needs to change, and Yoyokam said, Yoyokam was sitting there, the Chorban is just, who knows, years away, a month or two away, whatever it was at that time, I'm not sure, but he took the the, the paper, the Megillah, that Baruch wrote, and he he said, throw it into the fire right in front of me. I don't even want to hear it. Okay, let's take that piece of paper. You're reading it, Baruch. I'm not registering it. Just throw it into the fire. And it says there in the Pasuk that what was going on, it said he was sitting there and there was an ach in front of him that was on flame. My ach. What is this ach? Amarav ach vina. 
Rav says it's a type of container. It's like it's like a trough. It's like it's like a trough that you would make bread in. It's like a long thing. You happen to put wood in it and you put it on fire. But that's what it is. The ach is this achvena that we say in Aramaic. Aramaic is similar to biblical Hebrew. That was what Rob said. Shmuel uh, Amar, no, ach is the eitzim shenidlaku ba'achvena. Shmuel said the achvena, I agree with you, that's the container. But the ach is the fuel, because the few are like brothers, right? You put them all next to each other like a brother who's connected. Ach is a, is a connection. So ach is the actual wood itself that is bonded together, that is bunched together. That's what the word ach means. If you want to know the pusik in Yermio, that's what it means. Um if a person will go out in the street and say, uh, I'm selling Achvena. So what, what is he selling? What that means is the, is the container, not the wood itself. So if a person says he's selling you an Achvena and you get a bunch of wood, that's not what you should be getting. Let's say your madura is made out of reeds, which are very flammable. So Ravuna said, you don't need to see before Shabbat that a rove of those reeds are on flame. Because reeds are so flammable, even less than that is enough. That's what Ravuna was saying. However, Ogdon if you take those reeds and you wrap them and you make different reed can reed packages, packages of the reeds, then it's a problem. Even though you have a bunch of them together in your madura, in your bonfire, the problem is, is that because you were ma'aged them, it could be the flame will go into one, but not in the other. By separating, the, even though they're next to each other, it's possible the flame will only go into one and not into the other bundle. That is what Ravuna said. Garinim, which also can be flammable. Garinim of, of, of various vegetables and fruits, which you can use as, as flame. It's the same thing. If you have a pile of them and you, and you light them before Shabbat, don't worry about rove happening before Shabbat. Rove will definitely happen, and the person is not going to get involved and try to stir the flame. Garinim ain't srichen rove. But not non bichotolot. If you put them inside baskets, srich and rove. The same idea. Once they're in individual baskets, even though the baskets are bunched together, it could be it won't jump to the other flame, and you need to oversee it to make sure that everything is becoming on fire, or at least rove is becoming on fire. That was Ravuna. Maski for Ravchista. Ravchista is always Ravuna's nemesis. Adarab. It's the opposite. The other way is more logical. Konim, if you have reeds, if you have a bunch of reeds, so the reeds are going to be what? Mivadron. If you just have reeds without putting a bundle around them, without wrapping the reeds all together, then they're just going to dissipate. And one is going to get on fire, but the other one is going to roll away from it. You need to bundle them in order to make sure the fire is going to happen. Ogdon, right? Uh, uh, again, Kanimivadron, 
if they're if, but of Dunlomavadron, if they're bundled together, they're not going to dissipate. Garinim is the same thing when you have a seed. If you just put a seed there and you and you light it on fire, who says the other seed next to it's going to get on fire? The seed might roll away, the wind might come. Also, mivadron, if you put it inside a basket, it's low mivadron. Then they won't roll away. Now, I, again, I don't have much, we don't have that, a lot of time today, but this is a weird argument. You're talking about the two greatest minds of learning at the time, the, the one Rosh Hashiva of Surah and the next Rosh Hashiva of Surah after him. And we'll, again, are they talking? They, they, Go to the laboratory and see how it happens, right? Go do an experiment. It's a very weird machloket b'metziyut. I think there's a little bit of philosophical idea behind it, which I might share with you a little bit later, but it's a very strange machlokas. Itmarnami is a mistake. Ravkana actually is coming with a third opinion. Ravkana says, and here's Ahmed Beis, Kof Ahmed Beis, Kanim she'agdan, if it's a kone, if it's a reed, hmm, reeds might be a problem if they're wrapped as individual bundles. And those you need to look and make sure, tzrich and rov. You need to make sure that the flame is extending from one to the other. But, and lo agdan, if you don't, um, if you don't bundle them, ain't tzrich and rov. Then I admit it goes from one to the other and you can leave it alone. You don't have to do such oversight. But garinim are different. Garinim, tzrichen rov. Garinim, nid rov. Notnon bitocholet. If you put them in the basket, there they can go from one to the other. There in the basket, ain't tzrichen rov. Again, what's Rav Kana? He's somewhere in the middle between the two. I guess he did an experiment. Very, again, I'll come back to it a little bit later, what I think might be an idea here. But on the surface, this is a weird machloket. Tony Rabbi Yosef, Arba Madurot ain't Srikhan Rov. There's four types of Madurot, despite what the Mishnah says. He has a, a Braita, and this is the way he taught it. You don't have to worry. Don't worry. Everybody knows the flame is going to happen. What's that? Shozefet. If, if, if there's pitch on the fuel material, it's going to continue. It's not the flame's not going to go out. Shogofrit. Also, when it comes to um, sulfur, it's not going to go out. Gvina here is a mistake. <laughs> it's not gvina. It should be uh, it should be shava or shuman or shorevav. Any type of oil and other material like that, if that's on your wood. If that, if your wood is laced with this material, you don't need to be so careful. You can light it before Shabbat and things will be okay. And the Bryce has said, that you could, even if it's straw and, and, and chaff, that also, you don't need rove to become on flame. It's going to get fiery. You don't have to worry about it. Am Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan said, although he was from Eretz Yisrael, he said, Eitzim shel Bavel, ain't Srikhan Rov. If you use the Babylonian wood, then you don't need Rov either. You can just make sure some of it becomes on flame, and don't worry, the fire is going to last, and we're not worried about the person adjusting it. Maskafli Rabbi Yosef, 
Rav Yosef wondered, Rav Yochanan, who didn't even live in Bavel, what was he talking about? Mahi, Ile if he was talking about the silti, that uh, it's like these little chips that are made from the trees in Bavel. He thinks those are going to, you don't have to worry about those? Which is the next Mishnah coming up in the next parak. We know you can't even make uh, wicks out of those materials because we're afraid the flame isn't going to last. It's not going to, the flame is not going to last on it. So you think, uh, so you think, uh, do you think that silta is going to create rove? We know from Ula that this type of material that grows, these little chips that you can thin out, we, we don't believe the flame lasts in them. What's Yochanan talking about? If Rabbi Yochanan was talking about trees of Bovel, he was talking about Shuva da'arza. Says Rashi, and you can see it right here, Yaveshu, it's dry, vidak, and thin. V'yesh kemin semer ben So basically what this is, is a type of cedar of ba- Babylon. That if you strip the bark, you can find in between the bark and the tree, the bark and the actual physical geza, you find this filmy material. That filmy material is a good thing to use, and that's what Rabbi Yochan was probably talking about. Amar Rabbi Yosef, Shuva Shucha de Arza. Rami Barabbas said, though, I think it's something else. I think it's something called Zaza. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is. Rashi says it's called Musha. Obviously, something else that's in, stripped in the trees. It's interesting to me, again, that Rabbi Yochanan, who was not from Bavel, was giving the Psak for the B'nai Bavel what they could use. And the Amarayim and Bavel are trying to figure out, did he even know what he was talking about? <laughs> what trees was he referring to? And that, on that, we end the Hadron Shabbos. We're finishing Hadron Shabbos. We finished the first parak of Shabbos. Now the next parak. You know this because you say it every week. Now, this is not about lighting a fire, Mamadura, lighting an oven. This is the special mitzvah of Ner Shabbat. <laughs> this is a special halacha of lighting Nerot to have on your table or in your room using for Shabbat. It's not about having a bonfire. It's not about the oven. It's about how you light your Shabbos Licht, as we say in Yiddish. Shabbos Licht, they didn't use candles. They used oil and wicks. What wicks need to be used and what flame or, or fuel should be used? Ein madrikin lo belechesh, lo bechosen, lo bechelach, lo bepsilat ha'edan, lo bepsilat ha'midbar, lo biyeroka shal penei ha'mayim, lo bezefet. Stop for a minute. <laughs> Up until this point, these are the psilot. Lechesh, chosen, kelech. All of those things, which you can get somewhere on the ocean, even though you think you can make a ptila with that, and some people do, on Shabbat you can't. And the reason is, is because it won't really burn properly. And we're afraid that if this is your Shabbos lamp, you are going to forget even though you're lighting it for the sake of Shabbat, you're going to forget it Shabbat, and you're going to start adjusting things. Therefore, in advance, the rabbis outlawed, disallowed using this for the mitzvah 
of Ner Shabbat. That's in terms of the Ptila. Now let's talk about the fuel. What's that? Lo Bizefet. Lo Bishava. Right? Now we talked about Zefet a minute ago. Shava is again wax. Lo Bishemen Kik. We'll see what that is in the Gemara, a type of oil. Lo b'shemen sreifa, also we'll see what, what that is. Velo ba'alya. You can't take the fat of the tail of the animal and use that as your fuel. Velo be what? Lo b'chelev, not with fat, other fat of the animal. Nacham amadi omer, matlikin b'chelev mavushal. If the fat has been treated, and used and cooked up, then you could use it for your fuel for your Shabbos lamp. So obviously the question is, how do the Chachamim disagree with the Tanakama? The Gemara, of course, is going to ask that question and deal with it. Okay, a lot of, this is the boring part. <laughs> Here we go. Lechesh is suchadarza. We just talked about in this parak before. It's this material you get on the inside, in between the bark and the and the wood. The Mara says suchadarza eats baalma. Isn't that just wood? How could you ever make a wick out of it? So the Mara says baamranisa de isbe. There is some stringy material. Armanisa inside. Use the stringy material that could make a wick. You shouldn't use it. But a wick can be made from it. You're not allowed to use it for your Shabbos lamp. The loba chosen. What's chosen? Amar Rabbi Yosef narocho pishtan. That's what falls away after you treat the flax bush and you're trying to get linen. Those are these pieces of flaxy material that fall away. That's what we're talking about. That's the chosen. So the Gemara says that's chosen. Amar Abaya. Abaya said to his to his Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef, Vaksiv The Pasik in, in, in Yeshayahu says that the Chasan becomes Narot, which means its Chasan is a is, is a level before it's these little chips. Because the Pasik says this becomes that. Let's see what the Gemara answers. El Amar Abaya, he argues with his Rebbe. You know what a Chasan is? Kisna, it's flax, didayik, that it, you've thinned it out, below nuffets, but you didn't comb it yet. So even though you've thinned it out, it's still not combed enough. It's too wild to still be used as the ptila. What's kelech? Shmuel said, I asked all the, the, the business people. Shmuel knew about business. I asked all these people that are coming back from their trips on the various oceans. And I asked them, what is this Kelach that the Mishnah is talking about? The Amre, they said, you know what Kelach is? We know about it. We've discovered this type of material somewhere on the Mediterranean. Rav Yitzchak Barziri Amar, Gushkara. That's what it is. It's Gushkara. Okay? Um, Rashi says Gushkara, you can see here on the side. It's something that comes from Meshi. It's something that comes from silk. Meshi. That's actually, after the worm makes the silk, it's like the leftover junk inside what the worm, the cocoon of the worm. 
v'nopsima, so you can get that leftover silk stuff, v'toveyu v'osemimenu beged. And you can make a beged out of it. It's a cheaper form of silk. And that's what the Mishnah is saying is kelach. Oser la'asos mimenu psilo. That's what we're talking about. So it's it's something that's connected to the wool, to the uh, to the um, uh, silk processing. It's the leftover stuff in the beit atolat. That's what Rashi explains. So let's take a look back in the Gemara. Once again, Rabbi Yitzchok Omar Barziri Omar Gushkara, Ravin Vabaya, Haviyaspi Kameita Ravna Nechemia. They were sitting in front of this 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 rabbi, Ravna Nechemia, and he was a rabbi, but his brother had a big political appointment. They saw that he was wearing, oh, a very fancy silk outfit. Maybe not super fancy, but pretty decent. So Rabin said to Abaya, you see, that's the Kelach that the Mishnah is talking about. Hainu Kelach, the Tanan, that's the Kelach of the Mishnah. So Abaya said, no, what that guy's wearing? Anan, Shiroi Fardunokarinimle. I call that real silk. That's not the leftover stuff. What Ravna, that, that rabbi is wearing, that's the different material. So you see, by the way, <laughs> that that's, right? So that's really, um, the rabbis go to a visit, they're thinking about the Talmud all the time, thinking about the Mishnah all the time. Mesve, we ask, and we'll see who the question is on in a minute, the Mishnah says, when it talks about materials, Rechayim and Tzitzit, it says, Hashirayim, HaKelach, Vasirkin, Aha! So what do you see from there? You see that Shirayim silk, which is what that man was wearing, is different than Kelach. So Tiyufta de Ravin, Tiyufta. From here you see Ravin was wrong. That Kelach is really a cheaper form. It's not what that rabbi was wearing. It's not what would anybody would call Shirayim. He wouldn't be calling it silk. It's possible that it's not such a tiyuftan rafin. It could be shiore lechud. Pure silk is one thing, but that rabbi Ravna Nachemia was wearing shira fardina. It's not, but it's not the junk that's left over in the uh, in the cocoon of the uh, uh, of, of the of the worm. Below That's another thing that's in the Mishnah. What's Psiva Sa'edin? Achvina. Says Rashi, Arava. <laughs> that's the Arava. The Arava tree, right? That's what we call, right? That, that's the, um, the, the mur, not the myrtle, the willow. It's the stuff in the willow. And Rashi says, if you go to a willow tree, you'll see between the klipa and the eights, the shell and the actual wood itself, you can find material that you could possibly use as a wick, but don't use it on Shabbos. Next, Ravin Vabaya Bikaazli Bipakta de Matrurisa. They were in the valley. Pakta is a valley, like the word Bika. The pay and the bet uh, switch over. Pay in Aramaic, bet in, in, in Hebrew. So it's Bika. They were in the valley of the Bika of Matrurisa. Chazinu Vahanu Arvisa. So what did they find? 
what what they saw was uh, they they saw this uh, material they saw this these boats i believe so and they saw stuff growing they saw stuff growing there amrlay rabin labaya hainu eden that's the psivas haeden that's not amrlay no I guess Arvisa was a type of tree. I'm sorry. Amarlay, who ate Spalma? That's just wood. But then what happened? Robin took the wood and he peeled it away. Who co-op? He peeled it. The Achvile. And he showed to Abaya, Amranisa de Bene Bene. So you see that Robin was right in this case. Lobipsilas Amidbar, not from the wicks that we get from the Midbar, the uninhabited places. What is that? Shavra. That's called Shavra. Okay? I'm not sure what that is exactly. Rashi says it's a type of grass. Min Esev Oritz Oroch. It's a long type of grass that grows. It also says the Eroka, the green stuff that's in the water. What's the green stuff? Mahi, Ilema Uch Misodacharitse. If it says Rashi, let's say you, again, um, it, it's, it's the greeny, like it's already black. It used to be green. Is that what we're talking about? Uchmasa de Charitze that are in the, uh, the greeny material that's in the crevices of the rocks and everything near the seashore. Is that what you're talking about? That you can never make a wick from that. Ifruche mefarchaton. They would just crumble. You can never use them for as a wick. El Amaraf Papa. Uchmesu da'arva. This is the boat. It's the it's the black stuff that's growing from the 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 slime and the and the I guess the seaweed and stuff that attaches to the boat. That's the stuff that you can somehow use for a psiva. That's what we were talking about. Tana Abraisa says Osifu Aleyan. We added to the list in the Mishnah shall tzemer. You you shouldn't use tzemer. You shouldn't use wool. You shouldn't take wool and make a wick out of it. Vishel sar. And you shouldn't use goat hair to make a wick. Hmm. That makes sense. Why don't you, why didn't our Mishnah mention them as things that you shouldn't use on Shabbat for your Shabbos candle? Vitana didon. What about our Mishnah? Why doesn't it say tsemer and sar? Semer and, and sar. Because tsemer michpats kovitz. <laughs> You don't even have to say it. What happens if you use wool? It shrinks. It doesn't even work at all. So our Tana didn't think you have to mention it. And Sa'ar, and when it comes to goatair, Ichruche Michrach, it sort of singes and burns right away. So our Mishnah didn't feel the reason to mention it because nobody would ever even think of using it. Why the Brysa mentioned it? I don't know. But the Mishnah is more exact than the Brysa. Next. Lo bezefet. What is zefet? <laughs> zefet is something we say in Aramaic. We call it zifta. <laughs> what is shava? What is this? Uh, the shava, the, the 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 wax. We call it in Aramaic keruta. Keruta is Aramaic for wax. Tona Abraisa tells us adkan till we got to the to the tar to the pitch. That was psul psilos. That was all about wicks. Mikan the other part of the Mishnah, the way I explained it a couple of minutes ago, that's Psul Shmanim. That's the Psul of the oil. That the Gemara says, Pshita. The Gemara says, 
obviously anybody who reads the Mishnah, you don't have to be a genius to see that, that these are things you make wicks of, and these are things you use as fuel. Omar says, no, maybe not. When it comes to wax, I might think you shouldn't use wax and make a wick around the, and use the wax to support your wick either. Maybe that you shouldn't use wax candles on Shabbos as well, because maybe they don't burn well enough. Kamash Milan, the Bryce is telling us, no, wax is only a problem if that's your fuel. But if it's your, if it's your wick, that's fine. If the wick is, is, is made out of wax, that would be okay on Shabbos. Amar Rabbi Bar-Avin, Itrina Psulta, the Zifta. You're not supposed to use Itrina either. What is this Itron? The Itron is, is really, a, is really the Psolus of Zephet. The same way you don't use Zephus as a fuel, you don't use Itron. Itron also smells bad, by the way. Shava, and you want to know what Shava is? You get Shava Psulta de Dubsha. You get it from the honeycomb. We talked about that yesterday in the learning. And the honeycomb, that would be the issue. That's the psolus of the honeycomb. That's where you get the wax from. Well, my nafkamina, why are we telling this that? What it is? Because if somebody says um, that he's selling Shava, this is what you're, he says, I want to buy Shava. You have to know what it is. So terms are important, even though they're not relevant to the laws of Shabbat. Knowing what things are is relevant in terms of the terms of business. What do I mean when I sell something? Or what do I mean when I make a netter about something? What does this word mean? Go here for the definition. You can't use it as a Shabbos candle. But if you want, this can be the fuel for your Arab Shabbos bonfire that you have ready, that we talked about at the end of the last parak. Whether you're just making a bonfire before Shabbos because you want to be warm on Shabbos, or even even if what you're trying to do is just have a huge bonfire that you can read by. You're the castaways on the beach, and you're using that. You, this would be allowed. So even though we're saying that in a lamp, this type of material doesn't work well for tilot, but these can all, or this fuel doesn't work so good, it can all be part of your bonfire. Bein gabi karka, bein gabi kira. The whole issue of using these materials was only about forming them and shaping them as wicks. That's where they aren't good. Lobishem and kick. You're not allowed to use the kick oil for fuel. My shemen kick. What is kick shemen? Amar Shmuel. Once again, Shmuel didn't know. Shmuel wasn't embarrassed to ask the business people that he did know. I asked all the sailors and the people that take business trips and asked them, you know about what this is? You're cosmopolitan. You know what's going on in the world. The Amrili, you know what they answered me? They said, There's a, a bird that you can find in these islands and its name is Kik. What it is, is a that's a type of oil, of koza oil. That's what it is. Rishlokashamar, 
You know what Shemin Kik is? It's what you get from Kikion Diona. It's what you get from that famous tree that's in the Sefer Yonah. That's what it is. If you boil that up, that's when you get that type of oil of Shemin Kik. That's why it's called Kik. Kik is short for Kikayon. Amar Rabba I've seen one of them. And I saw it. And what? It looks like a Tsuliva, which is a type of tree. Umidifashke. Ravi. And it grows on the water. That's where it is. And if that's what uh, Rish Lakish was talking about, that's the type of material that you can't use for your oil. And I see people in their stores, they hang it in their stores. Um, and the reason they do that is this way they could sit in front of their stores and enjoy the shade. Just like Yona enjoyed the shade of the Kikion, people use that even today in their stores. And if you take its seeds, Avde Mishcha. If you take its seeds and you crush them, you can get the oil that Rishlokish was talking about. That's the way you learn Shem and Kik in the Mishnah. And the truth is, is that people take its, its leaves and they put all types of material in its leaves for it to stay nice and fresh. Let's go on. The reason why you can't use use these psilot is because the flame, it, it keeps on dancing around. The flame is not straight and, and firm. It keeps on being mesachsech. It starts and stops, starts and stops. That's not good. That's going to get you mentally worried, and you're going to try to adjust it or change it. Shmanim sh'amru because the flame goes out. It's not a good connection between the ptila and the fuel. That's why we don't use it. We have a whole list of oils that we say do not capture the ptila well. Maybe I can change things. Maybe I can put a little good oil in it. And if I put a little good oil in it, that would fix the oil. It's still mostly the bad oil, but the good oil that's in there permeates it and changes it. Would I be allowed to use that? Because it's much cheaper. So I use a little bit of solid oil along with the shemin kick or whatever oil else I'm doing, or the zephet. Would that be okay? Maybe you'd say, if I let you do this, you might use Shemin Kik Total. So I'm not going to let you use this mixture, this alloy either. Oh, no, or maybe not. Once you've changed it, it's already not what Chazal we're talking about. That was the question that Abaya asked his uncle Rabba. What did Rabba answer? You can't use it. Even though you've altered the oil by putting in a little more oil, you can't use it. My timer. But why not? So Rabbi answered him back. 
Because you can't. Because I say we don't want people fooling around with the Xera. The Xera, Chachamim was, don't use this oil. Don't tell me you've upgraded it by you by changing it. It's mostly this other oil. Don't say you put this oil in and now it works. So, Eisvei. Korach dover shemadlikin bo. Agabi dover shein madlikin bo. Rav Shimon Gamliel says, Shabes Abba, Habi Korach and Ptilo Gabi Egos, Madlikin. We see a similar thing occurred with the Ptilot. We know that the Mishnah gives us a list of various wicks you can't use. How about if you wrap around using good wick material, but you use an alloy? You cheapen it by using the bad wick material, but you've made this combination wick. It's not all good wick material. It's it's 50 or 30% or even more bad wick material, but you put enough of good wick material so this way you can save money. Would that be good? So the Brita said that Reb Gamliel, uh, who was no cheapskate, said that in his family they used to do that. That's what they used to be madlik before on Shabbat on their Shabbos candles were made out of some part of the bad ptila. So the same way Rab Gamliel's family did that, you should be able to do the same thing with the oil. What's good for the wick is good for the oil. So you see, making an alloy, making this combination should be good enough. That was a biased question to his Rebbe Rabba. So, that, and Abaya finishes the question. Ketani Mies, you see from this brisa, Madlikin, you're allowed to use it. So why did you tell me, uncle, that you're not allowed to put a little bit of oil to change things? You asked me from Shimon Gamliel, that's only Shimon Gamliel telling you what he did in his family. That sounds like everyone else didn't do it. He had to tell you he did something that was different. That means the normative opinion is like me, Rabbi said, that you don't make a mix because the Xera is the Xera and we don't fool around with it and say you've made a new alloy. So so on that, Abaya answers his uncle, Halekasha, I'll tell you why I don't think there's a proof to you from the Tanakama. Because my Serav, the fact that Shimon Megamil said his family did it, and he's willing to go public with what his family did, he's, it's more of a psak than just saying it in the abstract. When you actually tell you, and you see the rabbi did it, and he's telling you his father, who was a great rabbi, did it, that means it's, it holds more weight than seeing it in a book somewhere. And therefore, Abaya feels he has a question against his uncle. The question again is, the uncle said you can't dilute the oil. You can't take the bad oil, put a little bit of good oil in to make it work. Abaya asked him from the case of the Ptilot, where you see such a thing does work. It should be good for oil as well. And that's the Gemara saying, It seems to be a question from Shimon and Gamliel. The Gemara says, You think that when he, when he wrapped the Ptilot, he was using all of those psilos as, as wick material. That's not what was going on. He was using the egos material to be, to float the wick. It, the, the wick itself was only, the wick itself was only the good wick. The 
bad wick was only the floater for the good wick. It wasn't that he wrapped it around and turned into one solid wick that would go into the oil. The bad material, the egos, was only supporting it. That's what Shimon Gamliel was talking about. Lola Hadlik. My love, Lola Hakpos. It was to float it. Just <laughs> one second. If that's what was going on, that's no big deal. Ila Hakpos, my time of the Tanakama. Then why does the Tanakama not mention that? Why is the Tanakama against it? If all you are is using some ego stuff to float the, the proper wick, what's wrong with that? So the Gemara says, obviously, according to Rabbah, we've got to read this whole Bryce a different. We have to say like this. Cool of Shimagam Leo he. The whole Bryce is of Shimagam Leo. There's no machlokas. This is the way the Bryce should be understood. If you take a ptila and, and you use something which you're allowed to use as a ptila, but you mix it in and you wound it up together with a type of wick that you're not supposed to use, even though it works, you've gone against the Xeris Chachamim, don't use it. That's if the the bad stuff is part of the wick that you're using to actually use as what the flame is going to be riding on. If all it is is being the floater for the real wick, then even though you attached some sometimes what's considered negative material, that's not going against the Takanas Chachamim. That's Mutter. Okay, so that is the way Rob is going to read the Brisa, and we're going to come out saying that the wicks and oils don't mess around with them, don't try to upgrade them, even if they are a mixture of, of the two together. If it has this material in it, the rabbis don't want you using it. They want to make them usher, they're verboten, put them away, don't use them for Shabbos. So, Aini, Amarav Bruna Amarav, the great Rob says, Chelev, even though we know you're not supposed to use, uh, even though you're not supposed to use chelev, because it doesn't, uh, the flame doesn't, uh, cap, isn't connected well, and the fuel doesn't go into the thing properly. mutach shenimochu. If you have this, uh, this fat that you have melted, okay, or you have kirbei dogim, you have fish innards that you also let become nimoach, you let them dissipate and now it's just a bunch of oil what do you see you're allowed to do them? Adam shemen koshu madlik so you see you can change it, you can't use fish you can't use these fish innards normally but if you take regular oil and put on it you're able to cut it and get away with using less so you see from Rav against Rabba, you see you are allowed to make this alloy so the Gemara Rabbi answers, Hane mimshichei be'enayu. Vahani lo mimshichei be'enayu. So he says that, um, that uh, in other words, you don't really need the oil. The truth is, is that fish innards and, and, and the other stuff that was mentioned there, um, uh, what else was it? Um, uh, uh, oil, a fat that you boiled, that stuff 
is basically good oil. They will work. But the only reason why you don't use uh, uh, fat that you boiled is because of the xera. But really, that material will work by itself. Okay? And therefore, Rob said that even though that oil, that fat stuff will work for itself, put in a, we still might not want to use it because it's similar to regular fat that isn't boiled. So if you put in some extra oil, you've already taken care of the problem. Whereas Abaya and Rabba were talking about shemen kick, which is completely not allowed. So let's see the words inside. Um, Those will work. Vahani, but the stuff in the Mishnah, Lolim Shechabeinayu. And, okay. Now the Gemara says, The only reason why Rav was hesitant to use it is because the Mishnah, as we see, doesn't want you to use uh, boiled and oil that's already fat, that's already decimated, fat that's already been rendered. Mishum and the reason why we don't want you to use kirbe dogim shenimochu, we don't want you to use in fish innards, is mishum kirbe dogim shaloni mochu. So the Gemara says the ligs are nami chayv mutach for kirbe dogim shenimochu shenosan v'tochan shemen. Why, Rav? The same way you admit that you can't use fish innards that have melted because of unmelted fish innards, then maybe you shouldn't even use oil that you put in the, the fish innards, according to Rav. Because you're telling me that if you have fat that you rendered, you can't use it because you might use fat that is unrendered. So you see that's a problem, so maybe you can't even put oil in that. That's already too much. He goof xera. It's already xera not to use the the fish innards uh, that have already been uh, nimoach. That's already xera. You want me to make even a bigger xera by not put when you put oil in it? That's too far. And that's why Rav and Rabba can jive and Abaya, you're not allowed to alloy the stuff. Let's just do a couple more minutes here. Tani Rami Barakama, Psios Vishmanim Shamachachamim, Ain Madrikan Bim Shabbat, the oils and the wicks that we don't use on Shabbat because it doesn't create a, a good pure flame, Ain Madrikan Bim Mikdash. You don't use them for the menorah in the base of Mikdash either. Mishum Shenemar, what is Aaron supposed to do? Lahalot Ner Tamid. Who? Lahalot Ner Tamid. Who Tani Wa? Who Amar Wa? He explained. Uh, that what does that mean? Lahalos near tamid. What did Rabbi Barakam explain that to mean? Kedesh they shall have us olamealecha. We want the Cohen to go out and do other business after he lights the menorah. We don't want something where the flame's not working right and everybody's checking it every minute. Velo shetesh olayudei davaracher. It's not that you're going to need something else. Tanan, the Mishnah says that means according to what we just said, according to Rabbi Barakam, in the Beit Hamikdash. They were on the same level of what we do every Friday night. Our Friday night candles are just like the menorah and the Beit HaMikdash in terms of the rules of what we use for Ptivot and what they use for Shemen. Tanan, the Mishnah, though, says, Mivalai 
מכנסי כהנים וממניהם היו מפגין. That when they used to have the leftover clothing, the בגיג דה כהונה, that were already used to the point that they were falling apart, what did they do with them? ומהמניהם, their hats and their belts, what would they do with them? היו מפגין, they used to make little strips out of them. And that's what they would use for the big fire in Yerushalayim on Sukkot night when everybody would be gathered around. Mitzvah Shem will see a Simchas Pesach this year again. And that's what they were made from, the big day kahuna. That created this incredible light that everybody came from. But you're tell- what we know one of the things you're not supposed to use is Tzemer. And we know the big day kahuna were made out of Tzemer. And you're saying you're not supposed to use Tzemer as a wick. So let's see what the Gemara answers. Simchas Beis Shoeva Shainei. That's not the menorah. That's the Beis Shoeva. Okay, who cares? It doesn't necessarily burn beautifully. Uh, a little bit of stuttering. There's enough flame there. We're talking about the menorah and the Beit HaMikdash was a mitzvah. The Beit HaShoeva was a minog. It was good to have fire. And people liked the idea that there was no waste. People liked the fact that the flame came from the leftover clothing. You did with one mitzvah, let's do another mitzvah. But practically, when you want the fire to burn properly, don't use it. That's the Gemara's answer. Toshma, what about from here? The Tani Rabba Bar Masna, Big Day Kahuna Shebolu Mafkianosan. The Big Day Kahuna that broke. What, is the, what did Rabba Bar Masna have a brisa? When they got old, they would, crack, they would strip pieces of it. Aha, p'tilot. Doesn't that sound like p'tilot for the menorah? My love, and that's definitely p'tilot from the menorah. My love, isn't that even talking about klayim? Klayim meaning the avnate that was made out of wool and linen. And you told me wool doesn't burn well. And it says you can use some of the avnate, which has wool material in it. And you can use it for the p'tilah. So it sounds like what Rami Bar Chama said was wrong. Because he says the same rules apply to the menorah. The rules for your Friday night candle apply for the menorah in terms of wick and oil. Or says, well, when it talked about using the big day kahuna for the, for the wicks of the menorah, it was only talking about boots. It was only talking about the boots. That's the flax. It was only talking about the linen. The linen makes a good wick. Whereas it's, it's wool that does it, which makes the bad wick. Okay, so we've done an hour. Do you want to make, we basically finished yesterday's daf. We didn't do today's. Do you want to do a little bit of, a little bit longer? Uh, I'll take everybody's, uh, you want to go 10 minutes longer, Moshe? You want to stop here? Rabbi, go, go, have time. Okay. You can go, Rabbi, no problem. I'm going to go. Okay, you can go. We're going to go another 10 minutes to go into uh, today's daf, if we can. It's familiar material. I'm going to go very fast because you've heard this before. Okay, here we go. Amar Avuna. The same way the Mishnah says, there's things you don't use on Shabbat for your Friday night candle because the, the flame doesn't go properly. It doesn't make a good flame. Don't use that on Hanukkah as well. Bain b'Shabbat, bain b'Chol. That's whether it's Hanukkah on a weeknight or Hanukkah on a Friday night. Amar Rava, my time with the Ravuna. Why did Ravuna say what's 
what's true for Shabbat, you should not use for your Hanukkah lights. Because he feels that Hanukkah lights, it's not enough to light them. They need to burn continuously. And if it goes out within the proper amount of during the time it's supposed to be burning, you need to relight it. Okay. So therefore, it, it would be a problem. You want to use something that you know is going to burn well. So you don't want to use bad oil. You don't want to use psilos that, that, that crackle and become extinguished. Now, what about Friday night? Friday night, there's another problem. You are allowed to actually read by the Hanukkah light. Or if not read, but you can actually do, uh, you can hang out by it and let the light help you for some activity that you're doing. Maybe, again, we talked about reading right by the Nair, but over here you could actually be around it. And that's why we're worried. Since you're going to be involved in some activity, you're going to forget that it's Shabbat, and you're going to fix the flame. That's why, as a safeguard, we tell you to use only the best wicks and the best oil. Rav Chista says during the weekday, there's nothing wrong. And again, Hun and Chista once again arguing. There's nothing wrong with using it during the week. Because, and we'll see why, but on Shabbat, you should use the better wicks. Avalo b'Shabbat. Why? Ksavar. Kapsa. Ein zokikla. That if it's, that if, if it fall, if, that if it becomes extinguished, ein zokikla. Umutar lishdamesh laora. And what's the problem? The problem is, is that during the week, I don't care. Because as long as you lit it, even though, and it, it's not like the wind was there, many times these flames last. That's good enough. If it becomes extinguished, you don't have to worry about it. The problem is on Shabbat, we don't want you to have an extra issue on Shabbat with a flame that might go out, and then you might adjust it and be over the Malach on Shabbat. But during the week, there's nothing wrong, because the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah is just to get a light. And as long as it's a natural light, even though statistically these things don't burn so well, it's not a problem. Because even if it goes out, you did your job. According to Huna, you need to keep on you have to keep on being involved in the Hanukkah lights to make sure it burns the appropriate amount of time. Chista said as long as you light it and it wasn't definitely going to go out, that's good enough. It goes out later, you don't have to worry about it. But Rav Zeira, in the name of Rav Masna, or even going back to the name of Rav, says you can use all the ones. Chanukah and Shabbos are two different worlds. Let's read it again. What could be the reason of Rav? He holds like Rav Chista that we don't care if it goes out during the week. And also a special din that even though on Shabbat it's your Hanukkah light, your Hanukkah light is not like your table light. Your table light, you can't use this material because who knows, you might adjust it. You might eat by it. Hanukkah lights are not meant to do stuff by them. Says Rashi, why? Because you need to say, this is a special light. It's not my light to give light in the room. It's not to make things more joyful. It's not what I'm using. It's meant for something special. 
and therefore you're going to leave it alone. It's usher to 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 use to be around the Hanukkah lights to use for your mundane uh, things that you want to get done. Also, when the Rabbanan said to Abai in the name of Rav Yirmiya, this psak of Rav about not using these candles on Shabbos, he didn't accept it. But when Ravin came from Eretz Yisrael, and and then he mentioned the great Rabbi Yochanan from Eretz Yisrael, he says, you know what, I've accepted it. I will no longer use these type of lights for Hanukkah. Omar, and he said about himself, If I had a schut, I would have accepted it when I heard it earlier. Because first I heard it, um, the Rabbanan came to me, but I didn't accept it from them. Now the Rabbanan came to me, and they, uh, uh, Rabin came, and he told me the name of Rabbi Yochan, I accepted it. I should have remembered it from before. Mar says, Hagomra. At the end, he did accept it. Mar says, you know what? The amount of time it took, whatever it was, years, months, napkamina ligirsa diyankusa. The younger you are and you absorb information, the more it's going to stick with you. The fact that he rejected it a year earlier meant that when he got it a year later, it wasn't as sharp with him. True, it might, he might have needed the name of Yochanan, and he might have needed the name of Robin to accept it. But he banged himself on that and said, you know what, this was true, and I would know it better if I would have learned it earlier. Getting information at an older age doesn't stay with you as much as getting information at an earlier age. And even if it's a question of a couple of months or years, whatever it is, the earlier you get something, the more it sticks with you and the more it becomes something that, that you live with. Girsa the Ankas is important. Martin now asks, the Kopsa ain't Zokikla? Are you telling me that if it becomes extinguished, you don't have to get involved? Is that what Rob says? Because you said um, you don't have to get involved with it? Viraminu. We have a brisa that describes Ner Hanukkah, and it says that the mitzvah is from the time the sun goes down until people are no longer in the market. That sounds like it has to burn that whole time. So obviously you should use the best wicks to make sure it does burn. So how could Rob say you can use them on a regular weekday or even on Shabbat? Doesn't, don't you need to be assured that the flame is burning the whole half hour? So the Gemara says, my love, does that price mean to eat kopsa hotter madlikle? That if it goes out, you need to run back outside, because that's where they had their menorahs, their chanukiyas, go back and relight it? So that's not what it means. Lo. It means the ilo adlik madlik. It means this is the time within this 30 minutes, or whatever that amount is, that you have to do the mitzvah. But not that it has to burn the whole time. This is, you put a circle around this amount of time, this is when the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah is meant to be done. It doesn't mean it has to burn that long. Inami, another answer is, this is an interesting answer, Lishiura. You have to put enough oil and have a, a, a good enough amount of wicks for it to burn. But it doesn't really need to burn that long. 
as long as you have the right amount of oil in there, that would be enough. But it does. But if it becomes extinguished, <laughs> you do not have to go back and worry about it, which is an interesting idea. On one hand, we want you to have enough oil to last. But if it goes out, we don't care. Okay, so I'll tell you. Tzion, I'm sorry. Yes, you should. According to this answer, you should add more oil in it than it should burn during that period. Yes, Tzion. But you, according to what we're saying, according to Rav, you can use cheap oil and cheap wicks. I'm not saying we, and that sounds like the way we paskin. All right, I told you it's going to be familiar. I, I think we did a good amount. Uh, I got to stop here. And Marai uh, Rabatai, we'll see you uh, on Saturday night, Motzei Shabbat. Moshe, what time was that? 9.30 Saturday night? Yeah, I'm not sure I would be able to. Maybe we could do do <laughs> I'm looking here. Okay, let's see. Uh, hey, Rabbi, we're still with you. I know, I know. Was it a good share today? Did you enjoy it? Okay. <laughs> Very good. Sorry I was late. Okay. Be well. Sanitize. You too, Rabbi. Shabbat Shabbat. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.